Watch this. And welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills, and today I'm joined by Sam Williams. Hello. And Sir Bruce Fitzpatrick. Howdy. Nice haircut, Bruce. <clears throat> Bruce has L- L- had a... Lockdown uh, lid. <laughs> do, you just do, the, do you just do round the sides and back, and then just... Mm. Uh, what, what, do you have, like, five minutes to do just, it? Just, just fail to fade it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's almost as bad as my fade out on the course. Um no, it was just, just you know, we was getting too long and a bit too unruly. Um, I got my brother to trim it, um, and yeah, it's more functional. Oh, bloody now, hell, it trim it! Looks, well, it's... looks looks terrible. Yeah, we just is went your, is, is aggressive with the time? number three. Is your brother a full time <laughs> yeah. hairdresser? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, unfor- unfortunately not. No, uh, yeah. career in in hairdressing isn't beckoning, but. Um, <laughs> thankfully this is audio only and we're not doing a vodcast so um yeah very aerodynamic very nice mate very asymmetrical um, yeah how are you tom i'm very well thank you i'm staying alive considering the the current boredom that we're getting but trying to stay as busy as i can do which is doing very little to be fair and sam how are you doing yeah very similar very similar it's very boring, um, isn't it? Withdrawal symptoms from golf. Although, uh, yeah, we're obviously going to talk a little bit about Abu Dhabi. That was pretty mm. entertaining today. But before we jump into that, as always, guys, you can get in touch with us on at Cookie Jar Golf, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And shameless plug. Renaissance tomorrow. Today, isn't it? We are recording this pod on a Sunday, aren't we? So, But it's going to be dropped live. Yeah. So for the clarity of our yeah. listeners... If you listen to this pod on Monday, Renaissance will be live at 7 p.m. tonight. There you go. That makes it easier. If you're not listening to this podcast on Monday, because it would have been published on Monday, and you're listening to it on Tuesday or any day thereafter, go over to YouTube. Check out Renaissance. (laughs) There we go. That made life easier. Very eloquent and smooth, as always. Mm. That's right. So you're done with your ad breaks now. You're done with your adverts. Are we ready to roll? Well, sponsors, sponsors pay their money. They've got to be, they've got to be fulfilled, haven't they? Got okay, you go for it. Abu Dhabi. How do we, uh, how do we find the viewing of Abu Dhabi? Deathly I silence. It, <laughs> I, I thought um, it was a bit of a victory lap the back nine, but it was pretty sweet to see Rory, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton teamed up as the leading three going into the last round. I thought, um, mm. yeah, like. I mean, hats off to hat on. It was different level stuff that today. That is minging. Uh, I'm not yeah. having that. What? It's awful. Well, you don't hats like that. Hats on. That's the kind of thing like that. that. That's the kind of thing that you and Murray rehearses <laughs> every you know pre pre seventy second hole on a major when someone's just about to be crowned. It was just a it's moment. Jason's day finally or something. <laughs> Soft to hat on. Yeah, you, you get out. Magnificent. Okay. McElroy does it again. Okay, know. all right. Well, yeah, that's alliteration, but fair, fair. The pun was the the pun was poor quality. I'll give you that. But the sentiment you- was correct. Yeah, I mean, he is. I, I sound like a broken record here, but he is establishing himself as just you know a, a world class player, isn't he? In every respect, someone who can go out and win on the PGA Tour. Someone who I think it's almost fair to say he, he's almost dominated on the European Tour. 
over the last 12 months or so, winning a couple of flagship events, the several last three Rolex. Rolex series events. I mean, yeah, he is, do it, it? he is, um, yeah. And he's just, uh, he just doesn't seem to really have a weakness. Like even when it looks like Rory opens up with a hot start, a couple of quick birdies and you think, Oh, Hatton might implode now when he's, you know, alongside such a prolific winner and someone who is known for unbelievable ball striking, who might intimidate him and no, like he just, kind of holds his own and, and starts rattling off birdies. And yeah, as you say, Sam, it's just a victory lap on the back line, back nine. Um, yeah. He, it's, it's just remarkable. What, what a year he's had or past 12 months he's had, I should say. Did you see they're all jumping on board with the um, sort of anger management thing? Matt Wallace was doing it quite a lot. Did you see this yeah. European tour skip they did? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was decent. Like it, obviously it's a little bit wooden, but they're not, they're not professional actors. I did on that note though, uh, the Wallace thing's interesting because there's been a huge um number of caddies that have been kind of changing around. I don't know if you guys noticed. This. I didn't know he was flying no. yeah. caddies. I heard that he's got um he's got Lordy now. Yeah, so Wallace. Justin Rose has got know that at all. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So Justin I noticed this a couple of days ago when I think Rose put something on his Instagram and his caddies in the background. I I can't say I recognised him. I, I I guess he's you know, a, a well-known name or someone who's well-respected on the PGA Tour, but there's nothing out there online. Like I Googled it and and no one's really talking about the fact that Gareth Laws are no longer with Rose and that he's moved on to Matt Wallace. And, and is it Dave McNeely who is with Matt Wallace has moved on to someone else? Um, so yeah, yeah there's, there's a bit quite of, a bit of change afoot. There's a bit of movement between Stenson and Rose, wasn't there? Uh, In what sense? Um, Stenson's not carrying Rose's bag, is he? Surely things haven't got no. that bad. Should be the other way around. Johnny Longsocks, he was caddying for Rose for a bit, wasn't he? And he moved off Stenson. Uh, who, who, Gareth Lord? No, Gareth no, Lord. Johnny Longsocks, he's talking about, who caddies um, for Casey. Right. So Casey's caddies, Johnny Longsocks. I've lost the plot, mate. Ignore me. Yeah, you, you have you've lost it. Just to clarify, Mark Fulcher was Justin Rose's caddy for about 11 years. Um, he then had to have heart surgery and was kind of out of commission for a bit at which point rose started working with gareth lord who was formerly stenson's caddy That's but interestingly what... mark fulcher is now working with francesco molinari uh molinari you know got rid of his uh long time caddy so it's yeah there's quite a bit of change there and i think some of the other guys is marcus armitage and a few other guys there's been changes going on so yeah i, I i'm kind of interested what the thinking is behind that but um like you say it's not covered though we've gone no. off on a tangent here slightly we'll bring it back to Tyrrell, i'm sure in a second but mm. um yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with the caddies and stuff like there's never a truer word said that you know a lot of truth said in jest or whatever you'd say and um the fact that wallace was sort of primed in that european tour skit has been mm. someone who's going through caddies at a fast clip i didn't yeah I, I genuinely didn't know that, particularly given the guys literally come through from, was it Euro Pro Challenge Tour onto the European Tour, was featuring yeah. majors, um, playing great golf. He's probably had a, a slump's probably the wrong word, but he hasn't, the ascendancy's not continued at the same rate, but no. you know, it's kind of plateaued, hasn't it? But wouldn't explain necessarily a mm. massive cycle change in caddies, but 
Yeah. What do you think to the rest of the um, sketch, Sam? Before I, because I, I'm, I'm conscious that I kind of hijacked that and went off on my own tirade about caddies. But I was actually more talking it? about <laughs> no, it was cool, the, wasn't the it? sketch to do with the fact that Matt Wallace was actually giving the thumbs up on the course as well. Did you not like? No, he carried it through into the. No, Matt, uh, Matt Wallace was doing it on the course. Oh, was he's, it? He's missing putts and stuff. He was doing, you know, the thumbs up, smile and thumb up right. and stuff, which I thought they carried it on. And Tyrrell did it as well a couple of times in mm. the course, which I think I thought was quite nice. What like about Pepperell? Before we move on from Wallace, though, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's leave that there. Before his we move his on lid from was Wallace, worse than mine, actually, in that sketch. His was lid was worse than mine. Absolutely abhorrent yeah. lid. Um, slicked back Elvis Presley thing. Yeah, he was the one like, who actually looked the most him. comfortable because obviously they were, you know, it's all acting, mm. isn't it? And play acting mm. and stuff. And I don't know whether Eddie Pepper wants a little career in amateur dramatics, whatever, but he seems to sort of mm. fit into the part quite nicely, I thought. But he likes the limelight, doesn't he? Mm. Loves it. So um, before we move on from Wallace, because I'm sure this is the last time we're going to talk about it. Um, do you think he'll, do you think that he'll get into the Ryder Cup team this year? I don't know where he is on the rankings, to be fair. He's not picking he up huge numbers of finishes. Well, the question I is, remember is, seeing is, today, is, that's the first time I've seen him for a while, really contending something. Well, in the immortal words of Cow Wing, you know, we have to ask, has he learned finally after after all this time? Has he served his He'll apprenticeship? Um, has he served his <laughs> apprenticeship learn. on the European tour? It's true, though. I mean, uh, yeah, he has obviously been known to be a bit petulant in the past and just, um, yeah, kind of loses loses rag a bit. Um, <laughs> Shit. So he's right on the cusp at fifty as well. So um, he's 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 fiftieth, but he's eleventh European. So he'd be out of the automatic selection. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, he's going to start, if he drops further south, he'll start missing events as well, won't he? Um, Where did he finish today, though? If I don't, sorry to put you guys on the spot. He was about 10th, wasn't he? Or something, 10 under yeah, or something? Snuck he finished, snuck he finished, he finished T7. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so step in the right direction. Mm. Um, I think I think he'd be a great rider cupper. Just before, that's why mm. I thought about, I wanted to talk about. I think I thought he'd be a, I think he'd be a fantastic rider cupper. I think he's got the... Passion. mentality for it yeah yeah he'd be good Can we talk a little bit more about Hatton then so yeah let's do know, it I don't know whether a lot of people sort of you know talk oh he's going to go on to big things I think I heard a few of the sort of commentary says you know it's a, he's a rising star I'm not sure you could call Tyrrell Hatton a rising star given that he's now picked up his fifth Rolex series event mm. I think mm. those points will now put him circa sixth world world ranking place mm. um, he's more like a risen star yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's rising. I wouldn't say it's like all of a sudden people are sort of saying, yeah. heard about this kid Tyrrell Hatton. He's, <laughs> he's, he's he's coming out of nowhere. This guy apparently is playing great mm. golf. He is lethal. Like I mean, Ryder Cup, the you know the the kind of clutch putts, his intensity, the fact that he doesn't seem to have a flaw in his game. He's a he's a force to be reckoned with in any event. Bruce, as our as our resident swing dude. Um, what do you see that in what do you see in, in Tyrrell's swing that is like that is making him so consistent? Because if you look at um, if you look at the, the stats from today uh, or this this the Abu Dhabi in total, no one made more birdies than Rory McIlroy. But it just goes to show that it's not about how many birdies you make. Because if you make loads of bogeys as well, mm. you don't you don't win. And Tyrrell just seems to be just super consistent. And that's why he's always at the top. What, what, do you see anything in the swing that would indicate that consistency? No. Probably the opposite. He, he's, a, he's actually, he actually yeah. He has no. a horrible swing. 
Well, yeah, you, you got to be careful. I think when you say he's got a horrible swing, because there's some people out there they'd say, oh, he's got a horrible swing, but actually, when you break it down, it functions very well. Like Matt Wolf isn't an easy swing. Um, it isn't easy on the eye for a lot of people. You know, they think it's kind of just a bit weird and wacky outside the line. But when you boil it down to what he's doing in transition and delivery, like it's world class. And um, yeah, I mean, with Tyrrell, there's bits of it that look a little bit ugly. There are bits of it that aren't great on the probably the, the, your longevity or your kind of spinal health. Um, people would talk about his like early extension and the fact he has quite a restricted hip turn on the way back and gets a little bit lifty and yeah, essentially has to make more compensations through delivery than a lot of other people, um, you know, of his caliber need to make. Um, it's interesting because Tommy Fleetwood, just looking at the stats there, he, um, I think I'm right in saying that he's been top four greens and regulation on the European tour over the last four years or so, like in the, in the yeah. rankings of green and regulation on tour. Yeah. And you can kind of see that with Tommy Fleet because he does swing the club like really well. And a lot of people see him as a model or a, a blueprint, I guess when they're coaching young players, just from what you see out there, there's a lot of coaches on Instagram who, who really like, um, Tommy Fleet would swing and you couldn't say the same for, for Tyrrell Hatton. Um, but, you know, he makes it work really well. And he's certainly not the only guy out there who makes a kind of unconventional action, which is maybe a little bit more reliant on timing. He, he, he's made it his own and he's, you know, very effective with it. So, um, yeah, all power to him. But for, for, for sort of swing idiots like me, you mm. know, you, you would, I would assume that, like you say, if you've got more moving parts and more compensations in a swing, that uh, when the pressure comes on, there are more, uh, fracture points, I suppose. Yeah. Um, everyone looks at Rory as having this gorgeous, um, you know, world-beating swing. That's the best swing in the world. And you know, when it boils down to it, when the pressure's on, you know, Rory's not super famous for overcoming adversity and and mm. grinding out big wins. And Terrell's starting to become the player that you're like, yeah, just when it when it comes down to it, it's a bit of a grind. I fancy, I fancy Terrell. Yeah, I mean, I come back on t two points there. Firstly, I'd say a lot of coaches who really know what they're talking about would look at Rory's swing and say it's great for hitting driver really well. It's great for hitting high long irons. Actually, when you get down to wedges and short irons, there's stuff in there that you know explains why he's inconsistent. And yeah, it looks really nice on the eye, but there's some technical trade-offs that that he makes which allow him to hit the longer clubs really well, nice and high. And a long, long way for a guy who's five foot nine. But when he gets down to wedges and hitting mid-distance wedges and things, he struggles. Um, but then there's the other, you know, great quote from Bob Rotella, um, who said, "It's not swings that hold on, hold up under pressure; it's people." And ultimately, you know, there's guys like Webb Simpson. Who, I mean, Webb Simpson, you could probably make the case that he has the most sort of defective swings that are punching above their weight perhaps yeah 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 a kind of defective swing or, or swing that features the most compensations out of anyone in the top 10 on the on the on, on in in the world um and yet he's performed really well over the last few years hasn't he i mean he's won the players he's mm. won the us open he's won a bunch of other tour events he's kind of like tyrrell in that you know he's just pretty good under the gun and rory you know as good as his swing is um there's maybe just some mental clutter in there that, that holds him back. He's a really streaky player, isn't he? I mean, there's times where you just think, is he going to go and win, win this thing by yeah. 15? Like he did with Too the Canadian roaring. open. Yeah. yeah. Or is he going to, is he going to throw this one away? 
I think Sam, do you remember hard. that? Yeah. Do you remember that thing that was uh, someone was saying like Rory was going to have the yips by the time he was thirty-three or something? Oh, this is the SOMAS dro- video. This is the because uh, of the drive. We can put a link to this thing on our website. I think <laughs> it's it's arguably one of my favourite swings, Bruce. This is the one with the ketchup yeah. on the hands. If you remember, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's clickbait stuff for sure. They um. <laughs> They broke down Tiger Woods as well, didn't they? Saying catastrophic. And they do it through the like the keyboard voice, you know, like the yeah. keyboard narration or whatever. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound. It's like Alexa from 20 years ago, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there yeah, are a couple so- of, I would say there are a couple of points in those videos that are valid, but there's a, there's other stuff in there that's just totally bunk, as you would say, <laughs> Sam. Yeah, we'll have to put a link to it on Twitter and, and the website. But um, let's not move off Terrell just yet because he... Um, it was a shame to see the sort of Tommy Fleetwood and Rory slip away, but it was genuinely a masterclass today, wasn't it? I mean, it was just, he was a class above everybody else. We shot it's six the confidence in front. Yeah. To, to, I mean, and it was almost error free. Like I think Rory came, came at him quite early doors. There was a good spell of birdies to begin with. And then I think the one time Till was in trouble, he managed to sort of, he kind of just got, he, he kind of just made par out of nowhere and then just absolutely went on a streak with the, with the flat stick. I think he made a great birdie on great birdie on eight. Hold I think eight tram liner on 10 yeah. on, on, on nine rather. And then another epic putt over kind of like what was a really awkward little shoulder on the green. And he hold that mm. thing that was going in quite hot. And I thought this guy's just playing with so much confidence and you, you, it's kind of back to your point that you look at Rory and you sort of think, I think that's why it's such a difficult, he's such a difficult player to watch because when he turns up and he's on form, he's just un, unbeatable. But then equally you just kind of watch him sometimes in days like today. And you just think nothing's really happening. You, you can't, you can't see him holding a putt. You can't really see him doing much. Whereas Tyrrell just seemed to kind of quietly go about his business. There was no histrionics. There's no kind of like bad temper or anything like that. Mm. And he, it, it just kind of, you know, confident intensity, I suppose, like whatever you'd call it, you know, just kind of out- outclassed them, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and maybe I'm going to expose myself and um, sound very stupid because I don't think the stats have been done yet, but for, or for this final round, the stats haven't been done at least. Um, but with Rory, yeah, you look at his first, his first round and he just gets the rake out and starts pouring in putts from everywhere and was heavily, strokes gain positive positive strokes gain with his with his putting and then yeah second round shoots even par has a really good third round comes out today and he goes well he pars the first has a couple of birdies rolling in a nice one from probably 20 25 feet on the third then hits a decent iron shot into four that just carries a bit too far and misses like a three footer you know three putt mm. and it's just like whoa, you can you can almost see the wind going out of his sails there because he's kind of off to a really, really solid start and yet, you know, misses a short putt and that, that doubt then I think for the rest of the round is kind of, it's there and it's very hard to, for him to kind of overcome. Whereas with Tyrrell, like he got off to a much, much steadier start. Um, but even when he got out of position, he made those key up and downs and those key pars to keep the, keep the momentum alive, which I think was ultimately the difference really. One of the things I thought about as well watching this stuff this weekend was you've talked about it before, haven't you, Tom? Regression to the norm. Do you want to kind of explain roughly what that means? 
Uh, regression to the norm is uh, isn't it regression to the mean. Isn't it regression? To the oh, the, the, the the mean, the normal. Well, the mean the is the norm, isn't it? That, that is the thing. Yeah, you know? it, but the 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 regression to the mean is like so. Um, there was a study done where you get, say, let's talk about I don't know, like a a kid kicking kick kicking kicks at goal in rugby. Right, let's think of it like that, right? Um, every time this kid kicks it through the posts and that's a successful kick, um, they gave him praise. Well done. And then the, the next time he kicked, he'd miss. Okay. So, so, so he's done poorly after praise and then equally they can, they can do, they did a study where they did the opposite instead of praise. They shouted at them when it went wrong. So, um, so when they missed the kick, they shouted at him and say, fuck's sake, you're really shit. Why are you missing this kick? And then the next time he gets it over. So, there's this philosophy that if you, if you shout at people, they perform better. And if you praise them, they perform worse. But actually what's really going on statistically is people are just trending back to the mean performance, which is one out of two times he was likely to get it. So when Rory goes out and shoots six under, it's probably slightly better than on round one. It's slightly better than, he, than his mean score around there. Then next round he gets an even par, which is worse than he would do because it's, but and then the next time he goes out, he shoots another six under, and then the next time he comes out. But it's all regressing to around about a three, four under. But that's the average performance at the time. Now that's lots of words, but essentially it means that people can be up and down. Rory is someone whose his standard deviation is is a long way from the mean, so he will perform really badly and then really well, but the overall performance is is what he gets. Terrell performs a lot closer to the mean every time he plays there's not so much variation in the way he plays but essentially it's all regression to the to the mean that's and also powerful when you look at fleetwood as well, everyone's turned it? off the podcast there literally yeah. everyone's no 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 no, no. <laughs> no be like fleetwood's fleetwood's kind of in in the mix there as well because he started off really poorly so much so tom hmm. i think you were saying you might have nothing be... happening this weekend why don't you see if you can why don't you see if you can make make contact for a sunday afternoon podcast um and yeah, actually then just played lights out golf. And a lot of that kind of, I don't know, that kind of curve of performance and stuff. What you're saying, Tom, is ultimately over a four day tournament, it's just, it's people just constantly regressing back, regressing back to the kind of the, the mean number. Yeah. It's just these, these outline, the, the, the term refers to the outline performances. And if you perform extraordinarily badly, which, I'm not saying Tommy extraordinarily extraordinarily badly, but I'm not saying Tommy Fleetwood's first round was extraordinarily bad, but it was bad for Tommy Fleetwood. And then when he goes back out next time and shoots lights out and makes the cut, and then he's in the final group by the end of round three. So these players will, it all comes out in the wash, doesn't it? You know, if they're, if they got the class, they they'll pull through. And the thing about Rory that you just can't deny is that he is in the top five, but you know, he's a third, today but he's in the top five every single week every time he tees up the ball he's like top five top ten like he's just not getting over the line recently yeah and that's where just to push back on your like i know i like the statistical stuff and i don't know whether the regression to the mean stuff is um kind of heavily supported by the and the scott forces of the world but um <laughs> yeah it no, that's I, it I, that was I, the but <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I don't know if it captures the, the all the little emotions that, you know, go through a player's head when they're in contention 
going into the final round of a, of a huge event like, um, you know, the HSBC or a major, um, or they just haven't won in a while. Um, and, and with Rory, it's, it's tough because, you know, if someone's finishing in the top five, they just aren't like, there aren't many guys on tour who just finish in the top five, top 10 repeatedly and yet don't get it across the line or, or go a long period without getting it across the line as Rory's done. Um, he's got that weird yeah, freaky stat just... as well, hasn't he? So I think the last eight years he's finished top five in the first event of the season played seven out of eight times. He's never yeah. won one of them. It's like mm. weird freaky stat like that. And he, he yeah, just I... seems to feature, doesn't it? Particularly start the season. I, I, I don't know. There's just so much kind of debate as to why Rory doesn't seem to get more done. I just think, I always say, you, we look at Rory and you think when, you, when he's on, he's so good that people just expect he's got that button that he can push and just eviscerate anyone else kind of in the field. Mm. But it just, it almost never happens. Like It's tough to live up to, right isn't it? Back. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, just briefly to round out Abu Dhabi, a couple of notable um, omissions from the weekend or pe- people who didn't make the cut. Lee Westwood, defending champion. Um, well, I say made the cut. Uh, finished quite far down the pack, didn't they, really, considering the, the Le- caliber of the golf. Lee Westwood made the cut, but was the, was the penultimate. Yeah. Rose? Who made the cut. Rose, uh, doesn't, Rose, Rose is off-piste, off isn't he, at the moment? I didn't realise. Rose is getting... They were sort of saying... I think the term twilight was used in reference to where he's at in his current career. Um which was I saying that punchy. I think that was Doherty. Really? I thought that was really punchy because I thought he's not that old, is he, Rose? What would he be about? Thirty. He came out with a couple of shocking lines. I, I, I normally like what Doherty has to say on on Sky. He usually, you know, um, hits the nail on the head. But he came out with some shocking lines Example? the past. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Put me on the spot. Yeah. This is now going okay, to seem trivial. You've now but... got Doherty's career in your hand here, mm. Bruce. So that's why I just want you to be, I want you to sort of attack it with a level of specificity that, uh, that, it, that it deserves. S- sorry, do you want to say Spe- that again? Okay. This is going to seem really minor, but I think if you're a broadcaster and, that's a full-time job. You've got to get these minor details correct. He was talking earlier, uh, and uh, okay, I'm going to just stop there because I, I think he's culpable on many fronts, and and this um, this statement hopefully shows that. He said, "Yeah, that new face balance putter that Rory's put in the bag is just leading to a much better stroke, really carefree and even back and forth." I think this was after he held the twenty footer, twenty five footer on the third. Um, stroke looks really good, putting a lot better because of it. And it's the same model that has been in his bag for like two, three years. Um, so that that's you know that's uh, a misrepresentation in the first place. And second of all, do you, he's wait, just wait, lumped wait. down the do commentator's not... curse. He's just lumped down the commentator's <laughs> curse and sort of said he's putting fantastically now. He's put really that's well this job, week, isn't and then it, to call it when something's going well or bad. Like I mean, he's three holes in, and he's got a reputation of being a streaky putter. I just thought it was a bad, bad take from Nick. But you but know, do you not think that early season, isn't it? That Doherty just signing up with TaylorMade might have something to do with the fact he's talking about how Rory's TaylorMade face balance putters made the big deal in that stroke. But don't make it seem like this is just a new addition to his bag or, or, or newsworthy. The guy won the first week he put it in the bag at Bay Hill in 2018. Yeah, we, we're almost yeah. Three, three years into <laughs> yeah. almost three years into this yeah. into this 
He, yeah, he is. But he, he was a big change. He went through a load of different putters about two years ago, didn't he? Do you remember? He was always a blade guy when he was out when he first came out, wasn't he? I'm pretty I sure he's been like using. Doherty. I don't subscribe to this, Bruce. But I like Doherty. I think, I, he... I think there's worse, I think there's far worse pundits out there, mm. and and I think the European Tour do a pretty good job on the coverage. I don't want to kind of get into too many coverage takes, you know. But he, I think on the whole they do a pretty good job. And yeah, I mean, like Christ, I mean, you, you called him out on something there that's pretty pretty specific. I'm sure there's <laughs> other instances, and we probably haven't got time. You know, this isn't this isn't his annual appraisal we're leading. So I think, but I, I kind of. Yeah, maybe some truth there, but I, I quite I quite like him. You do too, don't you, Tom? I'm a, I'm a dirty fan. I think he brings an, an element of freshness to that um, that team that that wasn't there previously. And I mean, like Sam says, there's a lot worse out there, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm a dirty fan. I'm just saying, you know, you got to got to keep these people honest, haven't you? you gotta... But you have you've kept him on the money, and he'll, he'll be listening to this tomorrow when he's sat there having a little mai tai around the pool in Dubai, and he's going to bloody kick himself when he hears you talking about that. Um, now, yeah. one thing I want to do because we've I'm a detail up, person, yeah. detail person. There you are, exactly. Now, one thing uh, sorry, I want to talk about commentary. No, on, you... One one final thing on commentary. Sorry to jump again. again. Like I'm in Columbo a particularly here. One more thing. particularly argumentative mood today, Sam. Um, not to flog a dead horse, um, because I think everyone's sick of of having politics and um, you know wider political debates regarding the election in America or you know woke political culture coming into the golf world. But was there much? Did you guys detect much in the Sky coverage um, related to Justin Thomas and his his um his being dropped by Ralph Lauren? Did that kind of feature at all? He obviously you Not know had a very those. poor tournament, didn't he? He missed the cut, I think. Um, seemed very out of sorts. Well, did they mention it much? J- Justin Thomas is someone I, I've had a little scan through into next week who is not in the field for Dubai. Mm. So it's a long way to come to miss the cut, isn't it? Mm. I mean, he's obviously still been affected. Uh, to answer your question, Bruce, I didn't hear much in the way of talking about his drop from Ralph Lauren. Mm. Um, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this as a three. Um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a really tough one for him. Like he's made a mistake. We, we, Sam and I talked about it on the last pod. Um, it just feels like it's affected him long term. Like he, there's no excuse for it. He shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't mm. have said it. Um, but certainly feels. I mean, Justin Thomas is a world class player, and you don't go out and shoot even over two days around a golf course like that. There's no. got to be a bit there. No, I mean, Sam, I mean, Sam, you were saying earlier, you reckon you could have shot four under, couldn't you, around there? So. <laughs> <laughs> Putting words in my mouth. For the benefit of our listeners, I never said any of that. That's absolute garbage coming at you from the mouth. Although, although he did say about detail. he did say about 10 months ago that he could beat Phil Mickelson around our home course because he was driving it so badly and his golf didn't stack up. But... It doesn't stack up. It doesn't that stack up. True. Now, I'm going to have one quick word. I'm going to have one quick word on the Justin Thomas thing. And then I'm going to talk about Jason Scrivener, who is, uh, I think that's a really important thing we should cover. Um, okay. But I did think it was very nice that McElroy, when he got there, he mm. came out and he was very, very clear with the media about the Justin Thomas stuff. I know they probably, you know, they get on well and all that good stuff, but I, th- I thought it was quite refreshing to see the way McElroy just, just kind of covered that in the media. I think quick, short, short statements that says, well, you know, it looks like, you know, professional golfers these days need to be, um, you know, essentially perfect human beings and then just moved on. And I thought, I thought that was quite a, quite a nice way to, to mm. cover what is a fairly complex issue. Um, yeah. Here, here. So Jason Scrivener, second place in the end, mm-hmm. shot 29 on the back nine. Do you know how much extra 
cash that put in his pocket from where he was stood on the 10th tee? I can oh, guess. For the 219th golfer in the world, that's worth 750k extra. Oh my word. So he has had an absolute worldie there, hasn't he? Um, I, I don't like to, to fact check like Bruce does, but I'm looking at his prize money as 710. So he's okay, walking back slightly. He's going to be, he's gonna be <laughs> No, I'm, I'm working on dollars. Are you looking at sterling? I'm looking at euros. He won 710. Oh, that's why. Euros. I'm looking at dollars. I'm looking at dollars on this. Still, it's 883,000. I'm trying to so put he in shot, a he shot seven under twenty nine on the back nine, right? Yeah, seven and under finished, uh, finished fourteen solo under. Second. Solo finished second, four, fourteen under. So just to clarify, you were saying people who finished seven under were hundred k. Yeah, that's a hundred thousand euros and dollars, roughly. Give or take. Dubious, dubious at best. I'm, I'm, I mean, he like, did very well. Skim the numbers, but that's a massive result yeah. for him. Do you yeah, know? no, I can imagine it's 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 in the it's in the, the sort of scale of hundreds of thousands of dollars he's mm. picked up as a result mm. of um as a result of that. Yeah, uh, I wonder I wonder whether it was going through his head. I mean, it would have been would be quite interesting to hear his well, sort of take on that hole by hole, whether he's even thinking for, about it. For a player who is 220th in the world, I mean, by definition, you're not at the top of leaderboards all that often. So, I mean, it's a Rolex series event. Um, Hatton's picked up over a million euros, 1.1 million euros. Mm. So as he's sort of lights out in down the back nine, I mean, he's got to be in his head, hasn't it? Like, just thinking, Christ. I'm, I mean, everyone was falling off. At the point he finished, I think McElroy, I think he was cleared second by at least two shots because I think McElroy was down at 12 under and... Um, and Fleetwood had dropped as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's got to be in his head. What a performance for the 219th player in the world. It's quality, isn't it? Oh, it's pretty good. I definitely needed yeah, mention. Put brilliant. it that way. That's why. I didn't yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about Tiger Doc? Mm, yeah, mm, sure. Now you're going to have to tell me about it because I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. We've put First off, I'm amazed you haven't watched it. I can't believe for a man who doesn't seem to do much with his days hasn't managed to carve out four and a half hours of documentary viewing yeah P- particularly someone who's got a you know vested interest in in, in filmmaking mm. and and would look Calls at it himself with a, a sports really, journalist really is it, critical is it as good as the is it as good as the formula one documentary i i would say it's three hours of my life i'm not going to get back um would be oh, do you not like it then bruce <laughs> well no i mean yeah, you know what? I think overall, I just thought it was pretty poorly executed. I, I mean, actually, you know, the style of it and the way it was filmed was good, but the content of it was quite one-sided. And I just felt they got the balance spot off with in, in terms of like how much they focused on his upbringing and really painted a pretty um, bad, you know, p- p- painted um, a bad image of Earl Woods, I think. And covered then the sort of subsequent fallout around, um, you know, his adultery and then his DUI in 2017 in quite a bit of detail and probably dedicated all of about five minutes to um, his comeback 2018, 2019. I mean, there was actually no mention, for example, of the Tour Championship win or how his form had been building in 2018. They just kind of mentioned the Masters and, and cut a bit of footage in there. And it just, yeah, like... Uh, you know, a couple of the guests they had on were really, really interesting and insightful. Like Steve Williams, for example, I thought he came out of it really well. And you were like, wow, okay, 
that that did seem a bit kind of messed up the way Tiger dismissed him and um you know I think I think Steve Williams gave a pretty balanced picture of the of the whole thing um but there were other people like that Joe guy who was Earl Woods's mate but was quite a young fella on the on the na- at the Navy golf course and oh yeah the club said, oh I've got to, I've got to gather myself before I give an answer so, mate you've literally been you know asked to do an interview here with yeah some he went in filmmaker. with the crosshairs on Earl Woods yeah, there didn't they on his you back, know exactly it? what you're going to say don't try and pull the wool over our eyes and pretend you're having a hard time talking about this stuff mm. um yeah. It's interesting you say that Steve uh, Steve Williams came out really well because um, there's been a lot of stuff about Steve Williams and Tiger post their split, hasn't there? Um, you know, the yeah. accusations of racism. Well, he was like pretty that. scathing about him when they split, wasn't he? Ra- yeah, you know, was, wrote yeah. a book and... You know, and I should say he was, didn't. He didn't conduct himself that well then. I should say that. Like, no, but he did in the documentary. He was cool, in the wasn't documentary, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I would, I mean, so you've not watched it, Tom. I, so, you know, if you haven't watched it, I think it's highly entertaining. My wife loved watching it. I loved watching mm. it, obviously. It's golf related. I kind of agree with you in terms of maybe the balance around some of the topics, but I don't think it was built, you know, it's a HBO documentary. It was built with entertainment in mind, first and <laughs> foremost. And I think that's probably yeah. the, that's probably the key thing, right? I don't think it was disparaging about Woods. I read a lot of reviews. It got a lot of airtime in America. And I thought, Mm, this is going to be like a, an assassination of Tiger, and it isn't. But it, it definitely is on Earl Woods. Like there's, so I'm taking it, it well. I'm taking that Tiger wasn't associated directly. Like he wasn't. No. Oh no no no. no. Oh, no. So it's, it's it's based on a book. Uh, this is my take, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. Um, but the doc, the documentary Tiger by HBO is based on a book that was written in 2018 and, and was shortlisted for the William Hill Book Award. It was written by Jeff Benedict and Armin um, Katayan. I think that's how you pronounce it. This Senate. feels like a Google. Um, it feels like you've just Googled it. feels like no, he's no, no, stuff no, no, on the pod. No, and I know no, you no, wouldn't no, do that to our listeners, would you, Bruce? Uh, I, come I, I'm actually not. No, 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 no. I wanted to... That, 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 that's from my own knowledge i've got the book at home if you want me to pull it out in front of a vodcast next to my shit lid i will um, <laughs> um but it's essentially based on that book and that book when it came out in 2018 mark steinberg tiger's agent said this is the most salacious like misrepresentative take um with no consultation with the tiger camp blah blah blah, blah, blah. and he kind of re- oh, okay. reiterated the same statement because the documentary is based on based on that that bit of work um Having said that, like it sounds like Tiger fosters like a very, very sort of strong um, or close knit group of friends who are all obsessed with being loyal to him. Like that's apparently like his his most important attribute is that that people remain loyal to him. So I think when these filmmakers approached people like perhaps Butch Harmon or No to Be Gay. Um, you know, they would have said, well, I'll have to check with Tiger and if it's not okay with him, I'm not going to give you my time. So that's why I guess maybe some of the the, the cast of characters in this documentary seem like they maybe have a bit of a bone to pick with Tiger in some sense. Like that guy, Pete McDaniel, who was Earl Woods' close friend. It's it's weird how like he's just kind of in there. Why is he in there? You've only got six people to narrate it. And the the other thing I found slightly weird was... It wasn't even weird. It's like more. It's not. This isn't a dig at the documentary. It's just watching things back in hindsight. 
and yeah thing look it looked more surreal in hindsight than it did at the time particularly when you've got people like billy paynes the chairman of augusta that was mental ad- that was addressing nuts. a room yeah. of basically sort of white rich geriatric businessmen and they're just absolutely condemning tiger mm, yeah. and it was just the way the world reacted and you thought jesus now I mean, I don't want to get into another woke politics discussion on this pod. It, it does well to stay out of this podcast. But you look at it now and thought, you just, you couldn't act like that now. Like it was just, I mean, it was no. essentially a character assassination that they, you know, it's kind of a witch hunt by, by Augusta National. Um, and that's what I would say. Yeah, I, was, I would say was, on that yeah. note, Mills, you'd like, and for those of you who haven't seen it, there are, as you say there, Sam, like there are some moments that, do seem a bit surreal and you're like, oh my God, I can't actually remember yeah. listening to that press conference or, or listening to the news break in that way. Um, just, I mean, the other thing that I really took away from it is just how awful like the dregs of of journalism is and, and like paparazzi and how they National harass, like, yeah, like how they harass like not only Tiger himself, but then Elin when she was going through the whole breakup and the stuff they were shouting like from yeah, across the road, and then even and Rachel, that Rachel, you could, you tell, could tell, yeah, yeah, they were like, oh my, you know, if you better go get an SDG you, check, yeah, yeah, it's like it's just awful, absolute like, gutter behaviour. What people will go to to get a good, yeah, to get a good yeah. photo of of people, um, just absolute low life, low life sort of journalistic dregs is all I could. <laughs> summarize as gubbins um yeah well, i'll tell you what i don't i don't envy anybody who's famous and i think it's i think it's a bill murray quote where he says um when people want to be rich and famous they're like we'll try being rich for two years first mm. um because it, it i just i can't imagine anything worse than being in the limelight that much where you just accosted everywhere you want to go and don't have the ability to go down to the shops without some screaming mm. stuff at you just to try to get a picture of you. I mean, I feel sorry for him. And he, I mean, no other golfers had that. And I don't no. think, I'm not entirely uh, convinced they ever will. Ever will, no. No. Well, there's a great line in there actually where one of his, and, and again, you know, doing this in kind of air, air quotes, one of his close friends said that um, he told her his favorite place was spear fishing or scuba diving because the fish don't stare uh. <laughs> um which is quite yeah quite a yeah. neat line i mean the fact that he was so kind of highly kind of sought after and just harassed on a constant basis um the one interesting thing that i hadn't really thought about maybe because i was quite young at the time and it's interesting how these time periods kind of like blur and like sort of blend into one another but um uh, one of the journalists on there who's being interviewed just said, I, I think it was like a real mistake that he came out and gave that horrendous Mia culpa in a, you know, terribly fitting With that blue, suit jacket and yeah, massive blue shirt background. collar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All they were of kind of like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. The-, the collar on them was like a foot long, wasn't it? Essentially. <laughs> um, and like, why did he need, why did he need to come out and do that? Like he'd not, he'd not committed a crime. Um, it was just a real bad kind of move by his agent, Mark Steinberg, I think is what a lot of people look at it and they're like, he didn't need to come out. That was basically something that him One and his of the wife most could have sorted out. things you'll ever seen yeah. as well. Like really bizarre. And uh, you could only liken it back to, cause we're trying to try and walk us out of this topic, but bring it back out and start looking at the recent Justin Thomas thing. Like if you saw Justin Thomas go and do that now, you'd be like, that's just 
that's odd. And actually, mm. there's probably a better case to answer for doing it there because yeah, what yeah, Tiger absolutely. did was really, you know, relevant to probably a handful of people or several handfuls, depending on the extent <laughs> of the women that, you know, um, that you, you kind of wrap into it. Or, you know, Justin Thomas, maybe, you know, has, has kind of, you know, whole, uh, a whole sway that society can take exception, if not all mm, of that. Of course. Yeah. But either, even so, it was a it was a pretty strong move, wasn't it? And it's weird to watch back. Like, yeah. Just just to just to wrap up on the tiger doc, um, is what's the verdict? Am I am I taking four and a half hours out of my life to watch this? It's not four I and a half, it's three. No. It's three. Well, yeah, it's, it's two it's... one hour thirty minute episodes by the looks of things. I well, from what I remember. Okay. Yeah. I, I, would, I should do I would one hundred percent well, I would one hundred percent so I think it it also there's some bits of Tiger's career that, you know, wasn't you know, as aware of I didn't realise the severity of the injury. Southern Hills when he won there in two thousand eight. Mm. Like that was um that was pretty incredible to watch um sorry southern where southern southern hills oh the us open they won that tory tory pines was it tory pines yeah in 2008 yeah with the broken leg yeah 100%. um okay yeah well says so the tory pines one then yeah um but there's a, and there's some really good stuff in there to watch and it is highly entertaining but you've got to just take it with a with a pinch of salt that there's clearly a, an incentive in there to you know to try it's not built for it's not built for a golf no, it, audience is it no no it's built, it's like built for it's not built audience yeah it's not built for the hardcore golf enthusiasts that you know this podcast probably captures a you know a select number of, for example. I mean, one of your favourite lines in there, Mills, will be um, where Steve Williams is explaining Tiger playing uh, playing with Phil in the final round of the 2001 Masters on the 13th, and he's like, he's like, yeah, Phil, you know, rips this drive around the corner with a bit of fade, and and Tiger decides to get in his head, and he pulls out a three wood, which is like a club less than a driver. <laughs> and <he> just, <laughs> And then, and then after that, he was toast. And, like, oh, okay. and then they cut to a load of B-roll of <laughs> Phil teeing off the tenth at the Masters. That's already happened. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, no, this makes no sense. It can't. If he collapsed, yeah. if, if he completely collapsed after the thirteenth tee shot, why have you now shown me a, a video of him in a bad tee shot on ten? Yeah, it's yeah. Right, HBO. So there are some inconsistencies that the hardcore golf nut will pick up on, but yeah, all in all, I mean, okay. So, so our listeners should spend. At least three hours of their life watching the Tiger documentary. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna, on the fence. But if they're going to watch anything, they should probably tune into YouTube and watch yeah, Renaissance yeah. that dropped today. Well, that's or, the thing. So yeah. you've got to start looking at how you know if you get th- you get three hours worth of okay, it's Tiger and Tiger is really important. It's interesting, but mm. actually, with that same three hours, you could watch both tour films at yeah. thirty minutes each mm. of Scotland. You could watch probably our full full back catalogue of Story of a Golf Club, which is yeah. circa one hour. And you got an hour. And, and the Malcolm Cod vodcast as well. The Malcolm well, Duck I was, I was gonna say maybe just go through one of our podcasts and maybe do some jobs around the house and that's a better use of the time. But yeah, maybe maybe just spend an hour commenting nice things, you know, smash that like button, subscribe, make sure you hit the bell. Exactly. <laughs> and considering we're saying how economical we we are and mindful of other people's times rather than commandeering three hours of a documentary. Um, yeah, does that wrap it up for today's pod? <laughs> I think so. It's um, been a good take. It's been good to have European tour golf back, quality European tour golf back. And, uh, it's picking <laughs> up in Dubai next week. So, um, plug for Tuesday as well. So we've got, got a double header of pods, haven't we, this week? So oh, yeah. we've got, um, we had a, we recorded a podcast with 
Mike Clayton, which will and uh, Ed Cartwright from Clayton Dreams and Ponce. So there's a bit of exciting news landing on that, which uh, if you tune in on Tuesday morning, you'll be able to get um, some really exciting stuff. And then we have a really good discussion with them as well, don't we? So uh, I'm looking forward to releasing mm. that. Yeah, it'll be good. So thank you again for listening. Please do check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And until Stay next safe. Time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Adios. Watch Bye. this.